Welcome to Eagle Live. McKinsey, he throws the dummy, he scores the try. Interviewing your favorite USA Eagles around the globe. Hello and welcome to the Eagle-Eyed Rugby Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you can get a moment, um, you can do it now if you want or after the show. If you wouldn't mind, subscribe, follow, or like this podcast. And please leave a five-star review. If you leave a five-star review, I am stealing this from other podcasters. Full disclosure. I will read it on the next episode, no matter what it says. Uh, Family-friendly, of course. Let's let's keep that in mind, all right? (laughs) But like I said, we are back. Um, stepped away from eagle-eyed for a bit to deal with a few things. Um, you know, no other reason. Just been busy. Um, and also, our Twitter Spaces show, U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live, has been doing great. If you haven't listened to it or don't know anything about it um, or, or even participated in Happy Hour Live, you need to join us next time. My co-host, Rugby Mornings, John Fitzpatrick, and I, uh, we have the biggest names in the American rugby scene on in a live setting on Twitter Spaces. Uh, you can join in the conversation live, much like a call-in radio show. Um, if you if you don't know what that is, radio is sound transmitted over the airwaves. Anyway, anyway, check it out. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. The shows are great, great guests. Now, I've got some really interesting interviews lined up for this rebooted Eagle-Eyed Rugby Podcast season, and not all have played for USA or at that high level or any really high level. Maybe just club, high school, whatever. Um, you know, really, a lot of them aren't even in the game anymore. Um, not a lot of them. I mean, there's a lot of the people that have lined up have, are still involved, but there's some who, you know, played at some point can, and, but can talk about what the game meant for them in their career and family successes. Uh, so stay tuned for new episodes every couple weeks. We've got some awesome names lined up. Like I said, uh, you're going to dig it. It's going to be really good. All right, let's get on to tonight's, today's episode. My first guest of this season is recently retired Eagle Nick Savetta. Now, Nick's been on this show and our Twitter Spaces show before, and he's always fun to chat with, wealth of knowledge, uh, good guy, smart guy, loves USA Rugby, loves sport. Uh, but now he gets a chance to look back at his career and share some good stories with us. Um, and also, what's up? What's next for him? What's up next? Uh, but don't worry. I'm sure we'll see him around a pitch again soon. Not playing, but definitely coaching. All right. Glad to tune in. Let's get on to the interview. What's new? No, Nick, we'll get into the to that whole deal in a second. Uh, how you while you have a lot of free time now, but um, and I never know how to ask that question or how to approach it. If you're retiring from your career at 65, it's congrats on retirement. Uh, but this is a lot different for athletes. So, what do you say? Yeah. Um, good luck. <laughs> um, I well, 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 yeah. Good luck. Welcome to unemployment. Is really what it is. Um, <laughs> I think I was retired for about uh, three weeks in December, and then. Um, yeah, then I went out and found a job. So I started working <laughs> in in February. Um, so the retirement part of retirement didn't last all that long. And now I'm finding that I never really knew the definition of what busy meant. So, um, oh, yeah. 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 So I I've, um, have a, uh, a job now and uh, still, you know, I've been doing some coaching and been keeping up with the USRPA stuff. So I've been, uh, been uh has a bit of a, a quiet retirement it's been um pretty <laughs> hectic honestly since since the beginning of this year um but yeah honestly um you know thrilled about um the the path that i think i'm on and uh yeah where it will hopefully take me so 
um, yeah, that's how it's been now, so far. Yeah. Now, last time we talked, not with the live show, but with like this, you were still in your studies. I think you're still getting your master's. I believe it was in energy systems. Uh, is that yeah. all done? It's now you're in, you know, you're on the career side of things. Yeah. So the master's is done. Um, finished in September um, and was able to parlay that into a job with um, like an energy market analytics company. So hmm. it's like energy markets consulting um, is what I do. It's focused on Great Britain and, and Europe at the moment. So I started that five weeks ago and uh, realizing that I need every single brain cell just to keep up. So, <laughs> and, uh, and that's why you're, that's why you're in Europe now, right? So whereabouts in Europe? Yeah. So I'm still in, in Oxford, um, where I've been, um, this company is actually, um, called Aurora Energy Research. They're based there. They were founded by Oxford professors. So they're based, uh, they have a home base here, but they're, they're around the world now. Um, and it was kind of, uh, case that, you know, we really enjoy it here at the moment. My wife has a really good job and I was able to get this job, which was, um, definitely at the top of my list in terms of, of, of what I wanted to be doing. So, and we didn't have to move, which like for a rugby player, when you've moved basically every nine months for a decade, it's like pretty nice to just be like, oh, no, we're going to stay here. And uh, um, yeah, so that's the decision we made and we'll be here. You know, we're not sure the length of time we'll be here, but um, you know, we're, we, we, we enjoy it at the moment. Now, it's funny you mentioned the brain cells, because I think a lot of people would say those who played the game a long time may have lost a few brain cells over the years. <laughs> So, so there's no, yeah. there's no, uh, uh, P, you know, PTSD anything issues when you're, when you're doing your work, right? <laughs> um, no, not at the moment. I think, um, you know, this past year I had a couple of head knocks, um, concussions and it definitely, you know, when you're later on in your, in your years of playing, it does put the fear of God in you, um, mm-hmm. to grapple with, with head injuries, um, especially given, um, a lot of the research that's, that's, you know, constantly being updated about what we are actually doing to our, to our heads. So, um, yeah. definitely, uh, glad that I will no longer be getting concussions, um, at least not planned ones, or at least, you know, I'll be avoiding them for the most part. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean, are those, so let's talk about that. The reasons for retiring, uh, for hanging up the boots, you know, was it, Injuries piling up, you know, harder and harder to recover from match to match or trainings to training, or was it maybe that it was the good window to maybe that make that move? Um, you know, for, for I, I think it was the right window. I mean, I think that that became pretty obvious to me. I think in the build up to the World Cup qualifiers, I told myself and, and told my wife and, and my my family that if we were unlucky enough um, to 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 miss out on the world cup that, um, I would, I would stop playing rugby. Um, and I told New York that as well. And I like, I think, you know, I, I definitely always meant that sincerely. Um, you know, there's, there was a certain draw to, um, trying to go to another world cup with, with guys who, who I love and love playing with and with Gary, who, who we loved as a coach. And, um, you know, that was definitely enough to keep me, you know, really motivated and, and going as strong as I possibly could. But, Timing wise, finishing the degree, you know, being here, um, it just like, I don't know, didn't make, didn't make sense to me or enough sense to continue, especially when like, you know, in the MLR, you, you're not really getting paid a living wage. So like there are, there are safer and, and, 
um, definitely more future focused ways to, to make ends meet. Yeah. And speaking of MLR and now with your retirement, do you feel like, you know, putting USA, uh, the Dubai series or the qualification qualifications out of the way, um, do you feel like also that was a good way to go out MLR champs? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't expect that to be the, the story I'd write, um, when I started out in 2013. So that's my, my last rugby game, um, you know, in, in an MLR shirt. Well, it is my last rugby game in an MLR shirt. So I'm incredibly happy to have gone out as a champion of something, you know, I think over the years with the U S we won various ARCs, um, and, 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 you know, some, some big test matches, but as a club player, I, I never really got to participate in, in grand finals or, or playoffs even. So, um, it was pretty cool to, to be involved with that, to be involved with that with some, some really good friends and, um, and yeah, and come out of it with, uh, with, uh, an MLR championship, even though I only played, you know, I was only on the team for the last, you know, 10 weeks of the season. Hey, the, the weeks that matter. Well, they all matter, but yeah, <laughs> the yeah, home stretch course. for that. Exactly. And that, and that, that damn MLR trophy, it's, it's, it looked like it needed you and a couple of props to lift that thing in the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's it's actually, there's weird. a, there's, there's a rumor that, um, the trophy that we had was, uh, was a knockoff and that the Giltini fellow wouldn't actually return the trophy that he uh, won the year previous. So it's lost somewhere that uh, Adam Gilchrist has it. And it's not the original shield. <laughs> I bet you there's some truth to that. I just, yeah, that would make sense to me. <laughs> so, so Nick, talk about now we, you, you made the decision. Um, you felt good about it, but let's, let's just discuss that decision-making process. You know, um, you had it in your mind already, like you just said before Dubai or before the qualifications, if we didn't make it, it'd be a good time. But obviously that's not that easy of a decision. It's not like you're sitting down over a drink one night. Yep. I'm done. So, you know, how difficult really was it to make this decision? Um, I don't know. I, I think, <laughs> I think it, it's, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I, I uh, don't really know how to answer that. I think it was like, yeah. I, I felt, I, I felt it was time, right. If I didn't have that carrot and I, and I felt that way for quite some time. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I felt like, trying to say something insightful here, but I'm not sure I can. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to, to really know, but I, I've like when, when we didn't qualify, I was, I was a hundred percent sure. And I, and I think it's, it's, you know, it's a good time for me personally because of where I'm at with, in my life. And it's also a good time I think for the Eagles because they can't be focused on 33 year old second rows anymore. I think like every ounce of energy we have needs to be like focused on the future. Right. And, and, um, well, I've, you know, this, it's kind of that, that double-edged sword of like, you know, I, I don't want to be like, I, I want to be imparting my, my knowledge onto the next generation of rugby players, but you also want to be a competitor and be playing and be like focused on where, what you can achieve. So like, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it was definitely just time to, time to, to step back because, um, you know, you know, for, for, for every reason. Yeah. So again, we won't get into the matches themselves in Dubai, but what kept you out of that series? Um, concussions. Yeah. yeah. So I'd had two, um, two concussions in the buildup, um, really poorly timed and, um, 
uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm very happy with my decision to not participate because I wasn't in a place to, to play rugby, um, yeah. you know, at the, at the level that I, I, I knew I was capable of. Um, so I left the team after a week in Cape Town, which was tough because obviously they were going straight to Dubai. Um, yeah, so it was an emotional week. Obviously, the, the cloud over it was, well, if we don't, if we don't uh, make it, then that's kind of the, the end of my, my career as an eagle. Um, so, um, yeah, it was, it was tough. I, I mean, the guys who I was you know, with at the time, they, they saw it on my face, I think. And um, yeah. I definitely I pretty much wear my emotions on the sleeve. So, um, yeah, it was a, yeah, probably, you know, you don't, you don't get to write how you retire. Well, not everyone does. Right. And very few people do. So um, it was, uh, yeah, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. Well, and then speaking of the guys, um, you know, I think a lot of fans, they don't really get, you know, when you play to that level, you play for your country, um, you know, the, the amount of uh, pride to do so, to pull on those jerseys. Um, and I know, I'm certain you talked to um, a lot of your teammates after uh, that Portugal match, or soon after, but if any of these guys actually watched the interviews or the reactions after that match, you can just see how uh, devastating it was, how much it meant to them. Um, can you can you talk to that fact? I mean, I'm assuming you talked to the players after. Just just explain how difficult it was not to qualify. You know, I guess again, I guess some fans they think well, it, it, they didn't try hard enough, or they didn't work hard enough, whatever. Which is complete BS, obviously. Um, but talk about that. Uh, I mean, it's 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 incredibly tough. It it, it yeah. like we we put so much into this the last couple of years. Um, you know, despite the, the myriad challenges of, of COVID and, and not being able to be together and, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of traditional lack of funds, lack of time together before test matches, stuff that's affected us, you know, forever when we were successful and when we have not been successful, it's, that's, that's, those challenges are largely the same, right? So, you know, I think you kind of, you look at the path we were on between, you know, Uruguay um, and then Chile losing by a point, um, because of a penalty, you know, and then mm-hmm. Portugal sort of the same exact thing um, on points difference. Like it's just the margins are so fine. Um, yeah. It's just like so heartbreaking um, for everyone involved, for the coaches, for, for us as players, for the USA rugby community. Like it's not fun to, to, to sit here and talk about. It's not, it's not, they're not fun memories to have, you know, from a results point of view. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I cannot fault anyone's effort or, um, you know, or will to, 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 to succeed, honestly, you know, from, from the staff down to, down to, down to the players, you know, it was, uh, um, definitely, you know, it started out probably as an exercise in eating some humble pie and then came into, you know, turned into like a full on just war over the summer to get into the best shape possible to, to prepare, to get together, to go to South Africa, to, to blood new guys, to, to get guys ready for, for test level, um, and then to perform. Um, so it was, um, it was, uh, yeah, incredibly difficult. Um, so, and I, I think in the conversations I've had with guys afterwards, um, yeah, we're all, we're all sort of on the same page about that. But I think, I think if you want to end this little fucking diatribe on a on a happy note it's it's you know it's it's a huge wake-up call for us as a nation 
that you know we need to start thinking in in in, in longer term timescales to get things right. You know, we have you know a once in a lifetime opportunity as a country to get rugby right between now 2031 2033 um and it's going to start with usa rugby right getting it right and getting the grassroots right getting the development right you know getting getting their their programs right and their spending right and the data collection and understanding you know who's growing where what the programs are like who's running them there's, there's it's it's a really challenging problem because it's so dispersed um yeah. and it, it's something that um I think will will begin to be addressed properly, um, uh, you know, starting now, um, because I, I think everyone at that organization is under the same mindset that this is this is the time now to be making sure that that we're getting it, you know, absolutely right. So I have a lot of faith in in our ability to do that over over the next um, five, six, seven, ten years, um, yeah. and and turn our turn ourselves into a program that's that's enviable. All right, let's talk about the future now. Uh, you know, what we saw last year, just, you just talked about this, you know, playing in South Africa before going into that series. Uh, that time together was very unique. That's the time that I think everyone's wanted before going into big tournaments or big series. But looking, so hope we keep doing that. But let's look at the coaching staff now. Obviously, you played on the Gary for a while. Uh, I believe you're familiar with Scott Lawrence. You know, can you talk to him about what he has to offer to the program? Um, I've had a couple conversations with Scott um, in the context of the Players Association and you know, my retirement as well. Um, I, I have a lot of faith that he is absolutely the man for the job at the moment. I think you know, he, he is um, an incredibly process-driven coach, incredibly detailed, and really like grounded in the day-to-day of, of what we need as a rugby country to grow beyond just like you know, the two weeks before a test match. So um, that's why I think I'm, I'm really excited about this next phase with him at the helm. Um, because he's also, you know, he's director of high performance as well at the moment. So he's, he's wearing a lot of hats. Amazingly, you know, the guy can wear, you know, so many hats. He's like, I don't think he sleeps, but, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I would expect him to, to like, to really like take a hard look and a hard and detailed look at, at what it means to be an Eagle, what it should mean to be an Eagle and, and where, where we want the program to go and, and, and then to just go out and, and execute that. Right. And, and I would expect as well that the resources to do so will be forthcoming for one reason or another. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And it's good to see the pathways programs already picking up with the uh, USA Hawks with Brandon Keene coaching. Yeah. And that's, that. that's incredible. Like that, yeah. that's come out of, you know, you know, two, three months of extremely hard and diligent work to identify players, to work with the MLR, to get them on board. You know, it's a really, you know, it's something that it's another thing that didn't exist. That is largely good. That yeah. will we'll make better rugby players in the U S. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and looking at the players, the better rugby players in the U S uh, look at the future of the team. You know, let's, let's, let's talk about some players who've been impressing you. I've noticed, you know, if Anana Schultz played really well in Dubai, you know, Corey Daniels stepping up, these are just the forwards, obviously, uh, Escaro and Andrew Guerra. I mean, can you talk about maybe at, at least with the forwards who's been impressing you with the young guys? Sure. Now that I'm retired, I guess I can weigh in on this. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just a pundit <laughs> now. I'm just a man, an old man with an opinion. Um, um, yeah, I think, uh, listen, you, you've, you've nailed the names of the guys who, who I mentioned. You know, I, I was very impressed with Jack 
um, and scrummaging. Um, hmm. You know, Corey, Corey has the sort of air of a John Quill about him, very combative, hmm. extremely strong. Um, and like still, you know, he's still learning the game as well, but, you know, he definitely has all the, the physical and mental attributes to be, to be really, really successful. Um, you know, I, I did see a, a lot of, God, I, I, I hate saying this now because it's so, I'm so f- freshly removed from it, but I feel like a, a pundit now. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I did see a lot of promise in the young guys and it, it is really heartening, you know, to see guys, yeah. guys like that step up. Ryan Reese, you know, trained, trained really well, played really well when he had the opportunities. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely some, some guys who I'm, who I'm missing out on, but, um, you know, those, that, those crops of guys, like those guys who you know, born and bred Americans who, like Jack um, and and Corey and Vili, um, who and Andrew as well. When he returns, um, has he returned from injury yet? Not Almost. Yet, no. um, Almost. Um, those guys are are you know the, the the have the right attitude. I think to be to be really really great um, for the U.S. and for their clubs. Um, and and I'm, I'm no doubt will wear the jersey for a long time. And I know I know forwards don't like backs and vice versa. <laughs> but um, oh yeah, don't, you don't not if, mention any backs. Yeah. No, no, I'll, I'll mention it though. I'll bring it up. Um, sure. Something that impressed me also, uh, Mitchie, uh, Mitch Wilson, uh, yeah. Michael Basca. Good to, yeah. good to see him back in the MLR mix. That's true. And Dabulous. I mean, I, and obviously that's just three players, but I mean, there's got to be some players in the back line that impress you as well. Yeah. I mean, those guys have, have been, have been great. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think, listen, you're not going to get me to say anything bad about, about these young guys. I think, come on. I think one, I'm one guy. <laughs> No, I, I, I have been very impressed with Mitch. Mitch is, Mitch seems, you know, like personality wise, you know, mature beyond his, beyond his years. And like definitely has that, that combativeness that you want to see in like an international winger, you know, just someone who's going to just go balls out every kick chase and whack people. Um, so yeah, I think, um, they've been good. And I, and I, I hope that, you know, some of the older guys like myself were able to, you know, what, I guess not in the way we perform necessarily on the field with the results, but at least, you know, in terms of the attitude, you know, getting the attitude of, of what it takes to be an Eagle close to right. Um, would be, uh, yeah. I guess, uh, something that I, I would hopefully hang my hat on as having done, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I do think the future is bright and, and was, was largely impressed by, by the youth, the youths, um, and, uh, no doubt there will be a few more that come out of the woodwork this MLR season and impress us all. Yeah. All right. A couple more questions for you, Nick. Um, let, let's go back now. Let's, talk, let's look at your career a little bit. This is uh, one of those, this is your life moments. Um, obviously, you know, we talked about this before. There was some big parts of your career, you know, World Cups, uh, MLR champion we just mentioned, the varsity match with Oxford, um, uh, you know, defeat of Scotland, not by yourself, with a bunch of other people. Um and go back to like the mud and lights out in Chile, you know, l- let's, let's talk a little bit about some highs and lows in your career. When I say, let's talk about it. I mean, I want to hear you <laughs> uh, talk a little bit about some highs and lows, you know, what were some of the great moments and, you know, honestly, what were some of the low moments? Um, well, we've discussed the low moments. Yeah. True. <laughs> so far. True. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess if we, I, I'll, I'll probably always go back to, to, um, you know, there's, there's really two moments. Um, well, that's not true. There, there are many, many moments that I would say were the highs. Um, beating Scotland was no doubt um, one of them because it, it, 
it represented, you know, an actual achievement. You know, it was a win against uh, number six or seven ranked country in the world at the time mm-hmm. um, on home soil in front of a fairly raucous crowd. Um, and it was, it was, you know, by the, by the skin of our teeth, it was, you know, 30, 31, 29, right? Or something like 30, 29 and mm-hmm. missed a kick to, like to seal it for us. So like just a, just a crazy sort of last 10 minutes of that game. Um, and God, I mean, the, we were staying, I remember in classic fashion, we were staying like 40 miles outside of um, what city were we in Houston and, and like just Houston, some random yeah. hotel that, that worked for us. So like by the time we got home, it was like one o'clock in the morning um, and there's like nowhere to go and celebrate. Um, this right. is like from the game. We got home at one and, and then we all just locked ourselves wow. in the common room at this um, holiday inn and, and we're there till five or six in the morning. Just, <laughs> just um, and someone, someone's dad went out and bought like a, you know, a supermarket cart full with, filled with beers and drinks. And um, we just sat around just, just having the greatest time talking absolute shit to each other. And, um, it was, it was really, uh, yeah, that was, a, that's a special memory. So I hang my head on, on nights like that. We had a similar, similar one at the end of that year, you know, we had that, that fairly successful year of tests where we were, we were, we had won 13 in a row or something or 12 in a row. And then, right. um, lost to, to Ireland and Aviva, um, played well. And that's a game that always bugged me because we were, we were, we were close to about 60 minutes and we really felt like we were, yeah affecting the game in a positive way and we could do things we could we could attack we could score mall was going well um joey scored a great try off a line out yeah. move down the blind side that was just a, just the beauty of a move um and we got a mall try as well in the first half and then we just kind of just took the took our foot off the gas a little bit in the last 20 minutes and they ran away with it um yeah but the the the, the night and day after that were really memorable uh, my wife was with me she was my girlfriend at the time and she ended up tagging along on the two day sort of um, post post game because it was the end of the, the test season. Um, mm-hmm. We just had so much fun with the guys on Sunday in, on, in Dublin and flew back to, to Doncaster the Sunday night at like nine, nine or 10 p.m. and had to train the Monday morning um, in just a horrible, horrible state. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> moments like that, I think that season were great. And then you know, the build up to the, to the Rugby World Cup um, yeah. was also really special um the amount of time we spent together um i think we you know we um god we worked our we worked really 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 hard to, to be as good as we possibly could be for that tournament um and those those months were, were really memorable um yeah the preparation games just dislocating my ankle and then recovering yeah. from that <laughs> and then playing in the in the world cup yeah um all, well, hold uh, on, Nick. So, yeah. so you mentioned the ankle thing. Really quick about that. Um, uh, you you came back obviously to play in the World Cup. Was that one of the things where maybe you shouldn't have played, but you're like, "Fuck that! This is the World Cup. I'm playing." <laughs> I I think, you know, it, it there was about two two days of of unknown where it was like, "I think I'm done here." You know, like I probably broken something and you know, obviously couldn't walk or anything. Um, but I got. Um, some MRI, I got the MRI results and it was like, so when you would dislocate your ankle, they say there's a, there's a one in 2000 chance you don't break any bones alongside of it. Um, and I hadn't broken any bones. Um, so, um, yeah, insanely lucky. And they said, this is a 12 to 16 week injury. Um, and I had eight weeks and I was like, you know what, (laughs) I'm just going to have to do it. it So, um, (laughs) I, I think, yeah, uh, 
once once I kind of got the, the there's nothing broken, you know, there's no surgery needed. Just rehab the the shit out of it and see where you are in eight weeks. It was it was it was all systems go and, and USA Rugby, you know, they 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 took care of me um, really well. You know, they put me up in a hotel right next to me and Mike Teo, right next to Mike Keating's place in Superior, and we were just like there all day. You know, five six hours a day rehab, you know, fitness, you know, one legged rowing, um, then into the pool um, seven days a week um, for for five or six weeks while the guys were away um in chile and then or they where did they go oh, sorry they went to south, um, south pacific um fiji and yeah I, we just stayed like we didn't have any time off during that period just like stayed and rehabbed and then i think it was like a couple of days before we were meant to go to japan i was i was running again um and i was like you know i think i i i probably wouldn't have recovered as fast had Gary not said to me, like, we need you to come, like you're coming, sort, of, sort out your ankle. So I had the motivation knowing that if I got right, um, I'd, I'd be on the plane. And right, yeah. it took, um, yeah, it was only, you know, maybe three, four days before um, the, 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 the the flight left that I was back in training running around. So um, yeah, yeah, I was very fortunate that that all, I mean, came off well. I mean, Kristen and, and Kevin and, and Mike were all just absolute legends. And uh, the amount of tape I used, that's probably why we went bankrupt after the World Cup was just the. <laughs> it's the your sheer, fault. All right. Every, the, you all heard that. It's Nick's fault. We have no money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Look, listen, uh, two more things for you. Um, and this one sure. might be a thinker, okay? Uh, we've talked about your career, where you are now. Um, and we obviously talked about rugby. Let's tie the two together. Uh, as you look back, have you ever thought about this or can you tell me, is there stuff about the game, even from your very first time stepping on the pitch to now, um, that has bled over to your career? And in, in other words, is there something about that game that you think really helped where you are now? Um, oh, my, my five-week-old uh, career as a professional man. Well, um, well and also the schooling and, and the, the drive to get to where you are now. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, like, I found rugby, you know, really, really stressful. You know, a lot of the time, because you know, you you are kind of at the whim of of other people, you know, and you you're being judged constantly about like your toughness and behavior and your fitness, like things that are like core to your being, um, and it can be really difficult to deal with, you know, um, yeah. and yeah, I think I think that kind of you know, with that comes the ability to um, set like you know, set, set your goals really clearly at different levels. Right. So like today goals, this week goals, like career goals, you know, and everything in between. And if you, if you kind of stay within the bounds of, you know, what you think you can accomplish, what you think you can control at the moment, I think that, that, that to me is a very powerful tool that I, that I took from rugby that I think is going to serve me well, um, in, in my career. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's one thing. Nice. That makes sense. It does. It does. Uh, and lastly, Nick, um, this isn't the last time we're going to see each other. We're going to see you out there on a pitch somewhere, and maybe not with your boots on, but maybe around rugby. On a pitch, yeah, I know. I, I do plan on being really involved. Um, I, I really enjoyed the coaching experience I've had with with Oxford this year. I was on the Twickenham sidelines over oh. the weekend, almost having nice. a heart attack. 
Um, <laughs> pretty close to having a heart attack and a close loss to, to Cambridge. Um, yeah. Which I'm sure made Nate, frankly, really, really happy. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I will be involved. I'll be involved. I loved, I loved the coaching last few months. So I'm going to, you know, stay, stay, stay doing that on a volunteer basis as I can with, with, with work and uh, try to push that where I can. Um, and then we'll continue to be involved with the players association. We've a lot of stuff happening with that in the, for me, it's mostly yeah. post work to when I go to sleep thinking about that stuff. Cause that, that relationship with the MLR is, is constantly in flux. So um, yeah, I'll be involved. And then, you know, I, I don't think I could stay away. I do love the game and it's just different, yeah. right? It's, it's very different to be involved as a coach um, or as an administrator. Um, and uh, it'll be a part of my life no matter what. We need to do something about your apartment there though. There's, there's no framed uh, jerseys in the wall. I don't see a rugby ball on the shelves. Obviously your wife. Decorated. Have, uh, <laughs> yeah. This, this room is, uh, this room is, is mostly her. It's so poorly decorated. I'm glad I'm covering up all the wires hanging off from the TV. Right <laughs> um, yeah. We have, let's not say my wife's a bad decorator and say this is a rental place. And we're, you know, ah. um, but uh yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten around to doing any of that that jersey framing um, stuff yet, but I, I will. I will. It's uh, nice. it's on the list. Well, hey Nick, uh, thanks a ton, man. I really appreciate this this talk, and uh, good luck with the career and uh, sidelines coaching. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, yeah, happy to happy to chat, and you can now add me to your list of uh, old old men with opinions about rugby. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, always, always willing to lend my my two cents, however, however useful it may be. Absolutely, we'll get you on as a, a just on the corner one of our interviews one day, and you just will chime in once in a while. That's BS or whatever. Just so yeah. <laughs> just come in with stronger and stronger opinions as I get older. As we all will, yes. <laughs>